Fratres, gaudete in Domino semper, iterum dico gaudete. Brothers, make room for joy in the Lord. I say it again, make room for joy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Every Sunday of Advent, the Church, who orders her worship <coughs> under the divine guidance of the Holy Ghost, provides us with a set of antiphons. Antiphons to accompany the four Psalms of Vespers and the Canticle of the Blessed Virgin Mary the Magnificat. So, what is an antiphon? Did you learn that in catechism? What is an antiphon? It is a composition of passages and images from sacred scripture artfully woven together and given a voice by means of the chant. The antiphons of the divine office are in every season and on every feast, dare I say it, sacraments, yes. Let us say sacramentals, by which our minds are enlightened, our hearts are inflamed, with divine love, and our wills are healed, <coughs> strengthened, and redirected to choose lasting joy over every selfish inclination and passing trifle. At the same time, the antiphons of the divine office are, even before they enlighten and inflame and heal us, pure, undiluted praise of God. We sing the antiphons not for what we will get out of them, but because they express the praise due to God alone. It is, in some way, by forgetting ourselves, by going out of ourselves, by rising above ourselves to praise God, that almost imperceptibly what is dark in us grows bright. What is cold in us grows warm. And what is twisted in us is made straight. Let us look then at the five antiphons given us this evening. You have them in your Vespers booklet. The first 
The Lord will come and will not tarry. He both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make himself manifest to all peoples. Alleluia. Now, this is a word of reassurance drawn from the prophet Habakkuk and from St. Paul. Just when we begin to sink down into self-pity and lose our footing on the edge of despondency, we are given this promise of hope. Things hidden from us now under a veil of darkness will be brought to light. The Lord will show us his face. He will cause us to hear his voice. And in that day, we will pass from believing and hoping to seeing and possessing. From believing and hoping to seeing and possessing. The second antiphon, rejoice greatly, O Jerusalem, for thy Savior cometh unto thee. Alleluia. So, who is Jerusalem? Jerusalem is, first of all, the city of God's chosen people, the place of his temple, the tenting place of his glory. But now, in the light of Christ, Jerusalem is the Virgin Mary. Jerusalem is the Church Catholic. Jerusalem is every faithful soul. You are, each of you, Jerusalem. And so am I. And to each of us, as to Our Lady and to the Church, the prophet Joel says, Rejoice greatly, for thy Savior cometh unto thee. Unto thee. It's remarkable that the prophet here uses not the second person plural, but the second person singular. Rejoice greatly, for thy Savior cometh unto thee. It's almost as if we are addressed by name. And the third antiphon. I will place salvation in Zion and my glory in Jerusalem. Alleluia. This is a promise of God made by the mouth of the prophet Isaiah and fulfilled in Christ and in the church for our sakes. I will place salvation in Zion. What does that mean? The church of Christ endowed with the seven sacraments 
is the place of our salvation. That is the place of our restoration to health of soul and body. The church is the place wherein the divine physician waits for all who are broken, wounded, confused, and distressed. And the Church of Christ is the place where even now, as in a mirror darkly, we catch a glimpse of the glory of God that shines on the face of his Christ. There is no tabernacle on earth that sheltering the sacred host is not the place where glory dwells. That is where we, drawn on by faith, can discover here and now a glimpse of what awaits us in heaven. In the fourth antiphon, it is St. Paul writing to Titus who addresses us. We should live justly and piously, looking for that blessed hope and the coming of the Lord. What does it mean to live justly? It means to live in such a way that one's mind, heart, and will is adjusted, adjusted to the will of God. That's what it means to live justly. It is to enter into the prayer of Jesus to the Father. Father, if thou wilt remove this chalice from me, but yet not my will, but thine be done. That is what it means to live justly. To live piously doesn't mean what you might think it means. Piety, one of the gifts of the Holy Ghost, is that gift by which we relate to God as a little child to his father. <laughs> to live piously is to live as a child utterly dependent on and certain of his father's goodness, abandoned to his father's love. Why did the word become flesh in order to communicate to us the grace of divine sonship, in order to make us by grace what he is by nature, and so allow us to relate to God his Father as he relates to God his Father. It is this that fills us, this gift of piety, 
not with dread of things to come, but with an irrepressible and joyful hope. And finally, there is the fifth antiphon, that of the Magnificat. It is addressed this evening not to us, but to Mary, to Mary full of grace, to Mary the cause of our joy, to Mary tota pulcra, as we sang last Sunday, Mary all lovely, to Mary blessed among women. And so we sang in the Magnificat Antiphon, Blessed art thou, O Mary, who hast believed the Lord, for there shall be a performance, meaning a carrying out, of those things which were told thee from the Lord. Alleluia. It is a song in praise of Mary's faith, for it is by her faith that we have faith. It is by Mary's faith that we have faith. It is because she hoped that we can hope. It is because she held fast to the word announced to her by the angel that we can stake our lives on every word of God. And so you see, dear friends, the treasure that we are given in the antiphons of the divine office on this Gaudete Sunday. Let not such a treasure slip away into oblivion. If you are here, it is because our Lord wants you to hear these words, to experience these antiphons and to receive the grace of them. Store up in your hearts the words and the melodies of this Advent Vesper office, and you will go away mysteriously but really illumined and warmed and healed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.